Yeah, it's okay with y'all. My wife is in Chad's got this too, you know, and I I can read it in him because I know his mom. She's very meticulous and she knows how to do things. She gets going on something, she can she can do it a lot better than I can do it. And he's the same way. And and so I'm I'm kind of scattered. But but if my wife is going this way and she got something in mind that she's gonna do. This is physically. So spiritually it works the same way. She's on the way. I say, honey, would you do this? She ain't letting up to do what she going to do. May not be real fat, and she's going to do that, and then she'll turn around. Now, see, I do it just different. I don't know. Somebody says, hey, Brother Curry. I'm like, that's just, you know, that's different. It's okay to all to be different. Chad's the same way. He is just flustered. You know, when I say, I call him, and it's not... It's not on the it's not on the calendar, you know. It's like, well, you know, could you go do this? I can I can just read it at him, you know. Like it's okay. So I preach. This is what I preach to him and all the rest of my. You get ready to be interrupted. Get ready to be thrown off of your game. Get ready to stop what you're doing and say, okay, hey. I'll go help somebody. Somebody needs to be moved and somebody's got a refrigerator or a couch. Listen, that's the work of God, folks. And it's a test for some of you. Well, I, I don't have that on a plan. Now, you just change that and put it on the plan. That's ministry, folks. That's helping people. Hallelujah. Well, hey, we're getting somewhere here. Let me read my text again. So glad you're here. Amen. I couldn't get away from this. So back in April, we talked about it. Preachers use this, maybe the same scripture. Amen. <clears throat> Luke chapter 4, and I'm just going to read 18 and 19. Of course, the setting here, Jesus went to church. He went to the temple and uh, the synagogue. And this was right after he was leaving the wilderness of temptation. The Bible said he came out in the power of the Holy Ghost. Basically, this is his first sermon. This is when his ministry first started. Jesus was actually here in the fourth chapter in these, these verses. He was quoting Isaiah or reading Isaiah's description of his own ministry, his own spirit-filled ministry on this earth. And watch this, 18th verse. To preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim, does that sound good or what? Amen. That's what he came to do, to proclaim freedom to the enslaved and recovery of sight to the blind, to give liberty to the oppressed. Verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, the acceptable year of the Lord was a phrase used to describe what the Old Testament had that they didn't follow through with too good. Amen. It was called the year of Jubilee. Amen. We don't know much about that. Amen. I'll get back on that in just a moment, but I have to read verse number 20. Now remember, he is the, he is in the temple. He's reading from the scroll that the priest or that the, that the, the ministry had handed to him. Now they didn't have Bibles and, and they certainly didn't have iPads. They had scrolls and people looked after that. And so they had to take it, amen, and then they hand it to you. And that's what they did to Jesus here because he stood up to read, amen. He was reading from the scroll that was the book of Isaiah. Watch verse 20 here. And he closed the book. <laughs> after he read all of that, amen, and he closed the book and gave it again or gave it back to the minister and sat down. Now, this is just a little side note. It's not what I'm preaching, but it just could not just pass that or just get that close to that without at least bringing that up. Amen. He gave it to, they gave it to him. 
It said now. And he read about his own ministry, what he came for, to heal, to bless, to lift up, to release. Amen. And then when he got done, he took it and gave it back to the preacher. You know what we are here? You may not have a license in your pocket or on your wall. Amen. But you are a minister. Amen. Amen. We're all priests. Well, you know what God did in type right here? He came and took it a little while and told us and read to us about healing and delivering. And guess who he gave it to? He handed it back to the ministry. And he sat down. Amen. I believe that God gave it to us for a purpose. Now, since he gave it to us, what are we going to do with it now? Amen. You have a ministry. Amen. You can just mess around if you want, or you can let it be some distant thing or some just two or three goosebump deal. Or, amen, you can put it to work. Hallelujah. Fulfilling what he just read about this. Amen. Listen, look around and smile at a couple people. I've had you standing too long already. Smile again. If you hadn't smiled lately, amen, it might improve your face value a little bit. Amen. Bless you. You may be seated. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The year of Jubilee. But I want to, I want to preach to you. Amen. About the accepted time. The accepted time. The year of Jubilee was God's, just to give you a little brief history on this and basically what it, what it is, it, it's, it's God's seven Sabbath years. In other words, 49. And in that 50th year, which by the way, that was, you know, that's what Pentecost meant. They were celebrating, amen, this same holiday here, this feast day, amen, when the God chose, which I don't believe was a coincidence, chose to pour out the gift of the Holy Ghost for the very, very first time. But it was seven Sabbaths, seven Sabbath years, amen. And of course, what happened during that time, literally, amen, the law required, amen, the oppressed actually received their liberty or they were set free. Freedom was, was restored to slaves. They owned slaves. You know, if you couldn't pay your debt, you know, they took your kids and they took your family and they took you. Amen. And it was all agreed. This is what we do. We can't pay our debt. So, so they, were, they were taken into slavery. So that year of Jubilee, amen, the time may not be up that they agreed on, but God said this year, amen, is the year of Jubilee. All slaves, amen, going to get set free right now. Debts were canceled. A inherited land that was sold during the the, the preceding 49 years was returned to the rightful owner. Amen. People who had their, their, their land confiscated and, and taken over because, again, they owed debts. Those who were captured in battle were allowed to return home in the accepted year of the Lord. I got, listen, people are excited in this place. Even the kids. I, I hadn't seen you run in a while. Yeah, I hadn't seen. Man. But, the baby's teaching Brother Swingo how to run down the aisle and run the altar. Hallelujah. Hey, she could probably make him be a holy roller. She has, she has authority over him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Way to go, Brother Swingo. Amen. Amen. Those who were captured in battle were allowed to return home in the the year of Jubilee or the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what God called it. The problem is, 
you know, there's no record of Israel ever just fully observing this holiday or this, or this beautiful concept. The good news is, though, what, what I'm getting at is this, amen, even though Jubilee has been ignored and it's been forgotten, and most of us don't even know what it means uh, hardly, amen, but, but his spirit, amen, this is what he was preaching about. This is what Jesus was getting to, getting to right here. His spirit opens the door to the acceptable year of the Lord, amen. That's why he said that, that they that worship him must, Brother Green, what you was talking about today, must worship him in spirit and in truth, not just truth, we all have truth. We have our Bibles under our arm. We have our computer programs and our iPads. and We have the word, but the word's not enough. That's the truth, all right, but the truth just, you know, it's our schoolmaster. It just tells us what's right and wrong. It gives us some instructions, but the spirit, amen, you add that to it, then you're complete. Spirit and truth, and this is what he's talking about right here. And even the apostle Paul, amen, called the time of grace that we now live in, the acceptable time in 2 Corinthians 6 and 2, amen. He brought it, I don't think this is a coincidence either. This is a time that God imparts grace or shows favor to the unworthy. And guess who that is? That's every single one of us. That's why that we kind of, you know, we kind of like get on to folks who get to thinking, especially stay in the church a little while, and and they get to thinking that they're, spe- they're spiritual, they're deep. Anybody ever tells you that, that just disqualifies them right there. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like Paul, woe is me. I'm a sinner, hallelujah. Listen, if you could live holy, now, I know we can do better. I mean, this is no excuse to just live slouchy. This is no excuse. for. I'm not preaching for you to go out and just commit sin and then, oh, we can get for you. No, I'm not doing No, no, straighten up. Behave yourself. But if you could, amen, live like an angel and be, listen, listen, you would still need the grace of God. You would still need help. Your goodness, amen, your righteousness is as filthy rags to God. Hallelujah. Amen. In his first message, Jesus marked the entire Christian era as being the Lord's acceptable year. That's what we're getting at. This is a faith message. He was preaching, amen, that things are available to us. We don't have to wait 49 years to get our land back and to be set free and to be delivered and to be helped and to be blessed. No, we don't have to wait. Today is the day of salvation. You, today is, amen, this is the time right now. This is what he was preaching to us, amen. Since the precious blood of the lamb was shed at Calvary, since the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom, since the rushing mighty wind blew through the upper room, humanity has enjoyed an enduring and a continuous jubilee. Hallelujah. So this is the year of Jubilee. Since Pentecost, every year is the acceptable year. Every year is the year. Isn't that great? Isn't it wonderful to not live under the law, but we live in grace under the grace dispensation right now? Amen. The captives can be set free this year. The brokenhearted can be healed this year. We don't have to wait. The blind can receive their sight. 
amen, liberty can be given, amen, to those who are oppressed. When God's spirit touches a person, listen, we ought to understand this better than anybody else. We ought to preach it a little bit more, amen. When God's spirit touches a person's life, it breaks the power of sin. The spirit of God. Now, if you don't believe that, you're gonna wrestle with it and battle with it and struggle and you're gonna fall down and get back up and fall. Listen, listen, the power of God can handle it. I believe in 12-step program. If that'll help you, just get in there. But God don't need but one step. 12 steps are good if that's what you have to do. Hallelujah. Amen. I said it breaks the power of sin. Amen. Listen, a marriage can be restored. Sickness can be healed. All these are promises from God. Victory can be won. It's the year of jubilee. Amen. And we could preach on that a while. Hallelujah. So here's what we do. Amen. Number one, we believe for ourselves. Our blessing will come. Amen. Our prayer will be answered. Help is on the way. That's what you have. That's how you have to do that. Amen. And number two, we turn our attention. We turn our attention to the harvest field. You know, I, I, I have to tell you this. Farmers, farmers understand this concept very well. When there is a crop in the field, you know what they do? They go all out to get as much help as they possibly can to get that harvest in before the cold winter rains come. You know, normally, I know there's crops for different year, parts of the year, but normally, you know, the growing season for most plants, it's actually in the warm part of the year. And, and harvest time is new, usually in the fall of the year, in the autumn time of the year, and the leaves are changing. But, and the cold weather comes after that. And so you, that, that's why Jesus said, the fields are white with harvest, but the laborers are few. So the idea, amen, that Jesus had Amen, is to get more laborers, more help. Amen, amen. Do you know, you know, we need laborers here, Brother Green. Brother Thompson, we need, we need you know, I said it last night. You know, Rochelle and, and Brian, we had two people here, two. Not picking on y'all, <laughs> just saying it. Few. Few, few people are going to like, oh, you know, I'm going to just sacrifice my time and my schedule, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to do the work. Amen. But, but, but that's how it normally works. But do you know that working people are happy people? There, there, there's a sense of, you know, I did something. I accomplished something. We try to teach our kids this. We try to teach our grandkids this. You know, mow the grass, get involved, take the trash out. You know what? You know what blesses me? Amen. Brother Brother Johnson, I know you got your hands full. I know you got, you know, teaching our youth and, and trying to help them and bless them. And y'all doing a great job. But you know what blesses me is when, when we have events around here, we have dinners and we have, you know, we have stuff goes on that makes a mess. Food. 
And I see, I see kids all the time. Kids, y'all need to listen to me right now. I see kids all the time. They come for the food. They go, whoa, we're having a good time. And they do. They show them a good time. And, uh, you know, and then kids get done, you know, and they just, and they just, they just walk out of here. And you know what? There's a handful of young people, though. I noticed that, Brother J.D. I, I noticed, because, uh, you know, I can't go home until things. I'm, finally, I'm getting to the place where I can, though. I got good people around me. For years, we, look, you just forget it. We got, a, we got work to do around. We got chairs to put back in place. We got tables to put up and clean up. We got floors to vacuum and kitchen to scrub and you name it. And there's people just like, well, you know, hey, I'm out of here. God bless you. We'll see. Boom, they gone. And there's folks, Sister Donna, that just hang in here and stay in here. And they not leave until everything is tidy and clean. They take it. Nobody's telling them they have to do that. But, but somebody needs to do it. Folks just look around and see what needs to be done. And they go to work. But you know what? Again, they are the happiest people we got in this church. They may be tired, they may be weary, they may be worn, but guess what? They are happy. They are content. You know, there's that word again. They are contented. So we need laborers. Paul wrote, and I'm gonna just get on this and then get off of it because I know it makes somebody uneasy here when I do this. This is not my point. Paul wrote to one of the churches, just reading it last night, and he mentioned busybodies. You know who they usually are? People who don't do their share. These are the ones who drift into a lifestyle of murmuring and complaining. My wife would tell you this. We can go in a store and a checkout in the Christmas season. You know, checkers and workers, Brother Ruck, I mean, they just, they're just checking and it's just people lined up. And you know what? I, one of my statements is, I mean, you know, and, and you know, they're not used to people being really nice and friendly. I kind of throw them off sometimes. I said, you know what? One thing about it, we know that you are not going to get in any trouble. And they always look up like, what? I said, you're too busy to be in trouble. You ain't got time to mess with nobody. They used to tell us, if you're busy rowing the boat, you ain't got time to rock the boat. Amen. Get, get, get you a paddle. But folks who just drift around, they cause trouble. That's what I used to tell, I tell preachers that sometimes. I have a good friend in Mississippi, I'm not gonna call his name. <laughs> I tell people that I said, hey, man, the guy's an awesome speaker, good preacher, stir things up. Man, he'll cause good things. Because people call me and I say, what about, the, what about having the, I have him, he's a good guy. But here's what you do. You don't get him in early, you ship him in. Keep him away from everybody. Hand him a microphone when it's time to preach. And then when you get done with your services, I said, ship him on out, take him to the airport or take him wherever. He said, well, why? I said, because he'll cause trouble. He's anointed of God, but he's never learned how to leave things alone. <laughs> keep him busy. Keep him working. And you'll get blessed. People will be blessed. I was taking him home from here one time. We've been friends for years, many years. And I'm taking him home. I'm just whistling. And he said, whistling, and I'm singing. And, you know, and he said, what are you so happy about? I said, what do you think? I said, I'm taking you to the airport. That's why I'm happy. <laughs> Of course, he tells me how, what he thinks too, so we're even with that, you know. Amen, amen. 
Hallelujah. Get busy. Let, let, me, let, let me make something really, really clear. This is probably good for a, a teaching session or leadership, Brother Green, but I'll just kind of squeeze this in here right now. Just, you just need to understand this. We encourage everybody in this church to be a part of our leadership team. Everybody, amen. Don't, don't you take the devil's bait in thinking that we pick and choose who we allow in leadership. If you'll meet the qualifications, if you want to lead, if you want to preach, if you want to teach, if you'll submit to the authority of this church and obey the rules like everybody else, amen. Listen, we used to have a guy come to church here who wouldn't do anything that was required. If he found out that's what we want him to do, he wouldn't do it. He probably, if he, if he, if he was going to do it, if he felt like we going to do it, Brother Thompson, he wouldn't do it. Amen. Yet he stayed sawed up for months because we wouldn't ask him to preach and wouldn't ask him to teach. The Bible said a house divided against itself cannot stand. How can two walk together unless they agree? I'd be the most foolish bishop to call people up here and always disagreeing with me. Always seeing it just a little bit different. You know, you got people who just, they won't just totally go against you, Brother Johnson. They just make adjustments. Well, I want, well, I want to do this way. It's people who won't even meet it to right. You can pick a restaurant and they'll just make a little bit of different, little change. Could you just like go along? Could we just agree on this? Can we walk together here? Amen, amen. But he stayed sold up, you know, just mad at us. I mean, listen, I could fill this page with things that he refused to comply with. Standards that he knew the church required for its leaders, and yet he left here blaming us, amen, saying that we didn't treat him fairly. That's what the enemy can do. But I'm, again, I'm making this clear. We want you to be a laborer with us. We want you to be part of this leadership. Amen. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that we supposed to change the rules for certain people. They didn't tell me that when I was coming up. They just told me to shut up and march. That's what Joshua told them. We're going to march around the wall. We don't want to do it. Just shut up and march. God's going to do some things here for us. In Titus, the third chapter and the eighth verse, I'm moving, y'all. Amen. This is a faithful saying, and those things I will, this is Paul writing to Titus now, that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God, now listen to me closely. In, in, my, old, in my old trusty Bible, I've got it underlined because this is very important. Amen. That they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. So listen, you may be saved if you don't do all this stuff that we, we're never saying that's a heaven or hell issue. You, you don't have to, because that's what people, well, you know what, I have to do all of this. No, no, listen, we're not talking about salvation right now. We're talking about leading people. We're talking about letting our light shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify the Father. That's what we're talking about right now. So if you want to be a leader, you're going to have to step up. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Listen, when we fly commercial airlines, I don't fly as much as we used to, but once in a, once in a while now, we still fly some. Notice the instructions given on every flight. It's required by the FAA. In case there is a loss in cabin pressure, you know, kind of goes over there. They put it in writing, and then they, they have it. They speak it to you over the intercom system. Amen. If there is a loss of cabin pressure, a mask will drop from the ceiling. Place the, 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 please place the mask on your face first and then help the person next to you with their mask. You know, you've heard that over and over and over. I go to sleep while they're saying that, you know. The reason you're encouraged to put the mask, the oxygen mask on yourself first is if you are delirious, if you're dizzy by now, if you're passed out, you can't be much help to anyone else. Now, now I'm kind of I'm kind of like talking about a reality, but I'm talking about spiritualizing that too. There, there is a real, and then there's a spiritual. And of course, we that's how we that's how we look at life, folks. Listen, the Bible tells us in these last days that there will be perilous times. There'll be times of pressure. Satan is going to and fro in the earth, seeking whom he may devour. And how does he do that? He fools us. He messes with us. He lies to us. He convinces us. There ain't nothing to this stuff. Oh, and the preacher, by the way, he's just a man. Well, I'm the first one to agree with you on that. Amen. I make mistakes like everybody else. I wish I could go back and rewrite a hundred things that I've done wrong or, or, or at least not done it very well. But I do know this, that the anointing of the Lord gets on me. And I feel it and you feel it and God knows it and everybody else knows it. And I know when God's speaking to me and talking to me about people, God does use human beings. In fact, that's who he uses every time. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so you know, uh, so they, let's just talk about these oxygen masks here a little bit. Hallelujah. By the time we get to, I, I can look around and, and see folks coming into church. By the time we get to service on Sunday morning, there's just not much oxygen left in the cabin. After, especially Christmas holidays, we all ate too much. We partied hardy. <laughs> we kind of got down. Y'all, I got tired of just sitting oh yeah thank you praise the Lord hey I, I, I got you know I got ready to come to church but I not like Brother Green I'm like well I need to call so and so no I can't do that it's Christmas day they were their family that's what we told them to do and they don't need me calling them I text a few of y'all <laughs> I couldn't leave you alone <laughs> but I was ready for church I was ready to come shake your hand and hug your neck and worship with you and clap my hands and get in the altar again. I, I needed that. And I think God wanted me to be here. And so, so I feel his presence. I'm glad, I'm glad you, you made it here. There's still a few people scattered out and doing whatever they do. But, but, but listen, the oxygen just kind of leaves the room after a while. The masks have already dropped from the ceiling. I, I, I can just tell by observation that, that, that some are just barely with us by now. You ain't got a spiritual bone in your body. 
if God came in in person and walked down the aisle, some of y'all wouldn't notice him. You're like, who is that? <laughs> Brother Chris, we'd be doing like this. <laughs> I'm just being real, all right? I, I won't stay on this too long either. Amen. Listen, when, when we are almost unconscious, our reasoning ability is not exactly the best. I'm, I'm trying to reach some of us right now. Our vision is not that good either. Just think about it. That's why they tell you, you grab that mask of, at oxygen and you put it on yourself first. Hallelujah. See, see, some of us get to church and we're out of it. I mean, and we don't know it. That's like a crazy person. They think everybody else is crazy. How's that go? A person that's kind of out of it, they don't know. You know, until the lights go out. The very first thing that has to happen is to get that person some oxygen. I know we have some medical people here, uh, Sister Debbie and Sister Kim. Uh, you know, if I'm wrong, you can tell me about it later, all right? <laughs> Listen, if somebody's having a heart attack, if somebody's, you know, maybe, you know, maybe if they're bleeding, you have to stop the bleeding, you know, but, but, you know, one of the very first things you do, probably the first thing is slap some oxygen on them. Because, you know, you can bleed a little while, you know, and, and make it if it's not just gushing out of like an artery, a main artery or something. You can make, but listen, when you get the air cut off, when the oxygen's got to get, you won't be with us very long. That's why I'm using that for a type. And so we come in here delirious and dizzy. Amen. The spirit of the world is all over us. We don't get near the all. That's why we, listen, that's why we don't get in a big old rush. Right. I, I, I go to Pentecost. I preach in apostolic churches, Sister Jan, and I hope everybody's prayed before they get here, but I can't count on that. Right. And so I've seen people, oh, we're gonna pray and everybody put your hand on Jesus' name, praise the Lord, heal people, bless people. Yeah. And then they just right back into the music and they say, hey, no, we ain't doing that. No. What are we doing? I'm trying to get us some oxygen in here. I, I got to get that mask on us. We're going to spend a little time around here. We're going to plug in. And while we're at it, Brother Green, we're going to slap that mask on somebody else if they'll let us. Because they're delirious too. Their vision is all messed up. They're going cross-eyed already. They don't see things right. You know what's amazing? People come in, they misjudge. They get a little bit of truth. That's what we used to say about social scientists. Amen. Always talking about evolution. Always talking about this craziness and stuff. Amen. Listen, you know, I said, you know, a little knowledge is dangerous. Well, a little spirituality is dangerous too. Amen. We need to get this thing right, folks. Hallelujah. Amen. First Corinthians, the third chapter. Amen. I, I love this, this part right here. Amen. We need oxygen, folks. Amen. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. 14th verse. If any man, I, I, you know, that's first, you know, maybe it's 2 Corinthians. I'm not sure. I gave somebody, I'm, I'm gonna give my scripture. This is a scripture. I may have the wrong one. Uh, it may not be 1 Corinthians. Amen. I, I believe it is though. But the natural man receiveth not the things of, of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Watch this. Neither can he know them. What's wrong? He ain't been plugged in. All right. All right. Oh, he has, but it's been the wrong thing. 
We need to get the oxygen going here. Amen. You can't come in and figure this thing out. Remember I said, I quoted the scripture a while ago. You have to worship him how? In spirit and in truth. You can soak your brain in the Bible. You can know it from one end to the other. But if you don't receive the spirit, amen, the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. Listen, I see people, amen, having full conversations, amen, right here in praise and worship services. Being the last Sunday, now we do have Wednesday and Thursday, we have Thursday prayer this week. This is not the last service, this is the last Sunday, but it is last Sunday here. We, we just need to just like, just at least touch on a couple things. Some folks are hooked up to their electronics. I don't know who they're text messaging, but here's how I take it. Well, they must feel like it's more important than what I'm saying. You know what my feelings are? I hadn't said this yet, but I've just been wanting to do this. Turn that phone off. Right. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got that out of there. I got that off of my chest. It's just, you know what it is? You know what it's called? It's called disrespect. We, have, we come in here for about an hour and a half. That's not asking much. Just turn all that. Listen, if you ain't saved the world by now, oh, I'm doing me. Listen, just shut up, March. Oh, I'm trying to, if you ain't reached them by now, you just forget it until we get out of church. Oh, I just got to, you just, you know what? Let me get my switch out. <laughs> I already got my Christmas present. <laughs> Hallelujah. I made sure I was real nice until then. I got my present out. Yeah. I won't be mean to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I won't go into all this stuff. Amen. What we have to do is just, is just get that oxygen mask on ourselves no matter what. It has to become a priority. See, we have to know that we're carnal. We have to understand that. And then we're like, you know what, I, I, and here, here I, I hear Brother Green saying it and Brother Thompson, you know, I have to get to the house of the Lord. You know, I, I, we prayed through Brother Howington, Brother, Brother, uh, Jerry, uh, Brother Howington pastors in Faraday, Brother Gary Howington, and awesome man of God, preacher, musician, just love to have him, love to, love to preach for him. But somehow or other, I've been on hand with all of his brothers Got stirred up and prayed through. And his oldest brother, uh, sharp guy, smart, educated. But but we went to his house to pray him through. His mom called and said, you know what? Your brother's all stirred up. And that's just unlike him. He just got it all together. We drove over and uh, come to find out he is uh, he's uh, addicted to gambling. And I don't know, along that Mississippi River, uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, all down through there, you know, they have they have river boats and they have gambling casinos on those. People have become addicted to gambling. And I looked at him across the table after he prayed through and talked in tongues and, and I said, tell me about it. I said, tell me. He said, now, now you have to, this is a, it's an educated man and I just wanted to know. I'm curious. I said, what, how, do you, how do you feel? And he said, he said, I can get off from work. And he said, I can head 
to the casino, Brother Johnson, and he said, I get giddy. He said, he just gets on me. I can't wait. I mash on the pedal and I want to get there quicker and I want to get in there and I want to pull that lever or whatever he kind of gambling he did. Those places are designed to take your money. But you know what? Listen, that same spirit, and this is what I'm talking about, can get a hold of Christians, people who claim to be Christians, people who want to do right, people who ain't got no oxygen. Sister Jan, we can start thinking about church. I started thinking about it last night. I got my clothes ready. Y'all know how I do. Got to pick out my clothes. Why? I was getting that giddy feeling. What's going on? Oh, we got church tomorrow. Hallelujah. I can't wait. I can't wait to get here. Praise it. You ever, you ever pull up at a nightclub? Anybody ever? Don't raise your hand. I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass you. <laughs> Remember when you're young, you're like, man, you, you pull up and you hear the live band. You can hear them going. And you're like, ooh, I can't wait to, y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all are smiling from ear to ear right now. Like, ooh, I got to get up in there. Y'all know that feeling. That's the spirit of the world. It's powerful. Do you think God is going to allow the world and the devil to have something better than what he's got? Listen, he created all of this. He spoke it into existence. He breathed the breath of life into our nostrils. Amen. And he's telling us over and over again here that this is the year of jubilee. This is we going this is a year I'm gonna set you free. I'm gonna liberate you and deliver you and bless you and help you. This this is the year. Amen. Not only the year, but this is the day because this is grace dispensation right now. And you think the world's gonna have a better feeling? Let me tell you some of you ex drug addicts. They tell me that they're just Brother Green mentioned this this morning. I mean, it just puts you out there. Can't wait to get back, do some more of it. Give all your money, give up everything, spend it all, just, just give it. God's got something much better than that. There's no comparison. I don't, I don't have to say anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Oh, hallelujah. God wants to just remain standing. Amen. Brother Bryant, just come on up. Oh, come on, just remain standing right now. Y'all get it. Amen. Let's just move in faith. Let's just believe what God's telling us he wants to do for us. Nothing like this. Nothing like this. Now, if we just play church, if we don't get plugged in and get the oxygen mask on, if we don't take advantage of what God is providing for us, then, hey, after a while, you know, our mind is open for the enemy just to come in, say what he wants, we'll start believing it, and we'll be right back out there where we started. And not only that, not only that, amen, we'll be messed up even worse. Nobody's worse than a backslider. 
I made I, I made this statement. I, I don't have this in writing, but I literally heard this statement years and years ago, and I'm not sure if it's still true or not, but there was a chaplain in the Angola State Prison working with the prisoners. That's the Louisiana, Louisiana State, right on the Mississippi River there. Huge. And that's the prison where they don't just lock them up, but they make them work. They have farms and they raise vegetables and all kinds of stuff. And the, and the people, the prisoners, they go and plant it and harvest it and put it up and store it and do the whole, the whole deal. Had one guy said he was, they hauled him out on a trailer, all these prisoners on the trailer. And they had acres and acres and acres of carrots. And here's what the, the prison guard said prison guard said it's my land and your carrots get your carrots off of my land it was harvest time <laughs> bad enough to harvest carrots but to have somebody talk to you like that but he told me that there was more backsliders from Pentecostal, apostolic Jesus. We're talking about Jesus' name, folks. People have been baptized in Jesus' name. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but the Bible did say it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That's what they preached to us when I was a kid. Scared me to death. Scared me to the altar. (laughs) That's what it's intended to do. But he said there was more backsliders on death row from Pentecostal churches more than from the Catholic church, Baptist church, Methodist church, whatever other, no other religion had more men on death row than the Pentecostal. Why? Because the Bible says that there's demons, and I know it's the demons, but I'm gonna, uh, it's talking about demon possession and all that. You don't have to be demon possessed, amen, to backslide. But but as a type, when, when the demons are cast out, of that house or that person. He goes and walks in dry places. He's out there. But when he comes back, the house is clean, swept and garnished. So when he comes back, he brings seven more with him and goes back in there. If we got doors and windows open, we need to shut them. Get the oxygen get our sight back let the dizziness get away from us as quick as we can let our mind clear up just a little bit and start shutting some doors you're not coming back in here because I don't want to be seven or eight times worse than what I was pretty bad to start with listen what he was trying to say is we're not playing games here we're not just trying to get our name on the Sunday school roll I want to be saved I don't want to be lost I don't want to be left behind when the rapture takes place. So what are you talking about? I want to take advantage of this year of Jubilee. Amen. This acceptable time. Time today. Today is the day of salvation. This is a day. You don't wait till tomorrow. Or you're not promised tomorrow. Hallelujah. I'm excited about what God's doing in this church. I'm excited what he's doing with our neighbors in our communities. Can't wait to get back on the street. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God.
Brother Jay, I can't wait to get back in the park. Get back in the park. We met some sweet people, some bound up people. Amen. That God blessed and touched and we're going to touch them again. And Brother Rich is on the street and, and we're going to get some more of those folks. I can't wait. I feel the excitement. I feel the giddiness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to do a baptismal service. Amen. Praise God. He's getting ready now. Praise God. Listen, we're going to open this altar right now. Amen. If some of you would still like to come up to the front, grab somebody by the hand. Amen. Maybe we could look at it like this again. Maybe we're just going to put the oxygen mask on again. Come put it on yourself. And then once you get the kind of feeling, amen, like you're breathing right, then you can help somebody else. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. Come on. 